0: Welcome to the Nova Church Podcast. Thanks for taking the time to get into God's Word with us today. To find out more, you can head to novachurch.com. Well, I'm excited to bring the word today. Uh, I have been a dad for approximately uh, six years now, so I'm getting up there. Uh, I, have, I have three children. We've got a six-year-old, and then I know it's Father's Day, but really the one who deserves the most honour in our family is my wife, uh, who birthed our twins, uh, who are now four years old. So that's our, that's our little crew. So uh, we love our children, but let me say this, I believe we have hit our max, so if you have a newborn, please keep that newborn away from my wife today uh, because we, I don't want her to get any ideas, amen? Um, so I was, I was trying to think about uh, the moment I really realised I was a father and obviously the first time, uh, I'll never forget the first moment I saw my son Gabriel uh, in the flesh. Let me tell you, birth is a crazy thing. If you've ever seen it in real life, nothing can prepare you. Uh, there is no horror movie more scary than birth. Uh, but I'll never forget seeing Gabriel, my firstborn, for the first time. I remember hearing uh, Hannah, my wife's voice, changing when she saw him and saying, oh, my baby. I remember, oh my God, I'm a dad. And, and he slept on my chest for the first night. So I remember that. But, but the, more, the more potent practical reality of being a father is when you say goodbye to sleep for the first year of their life. And uh, because Gabriel was a pretty good sleeper, we thought it was pretty hard him getting up every two hours. But let me tell you, that was nothing compared to our twins because the problem with twins is it's like a domino effect right so when one of them you put one down and you're like good 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 and then the other one starts screaming and wakes the other one up or one needs their nappy change and the other one up so literally when I think about the first year uh, of my twins life which is also the first year of our church uh, I I can't remember it it's literally like gone I was that sleep deprived I I have almost no memory of that year Uh, so my preaching was probably very heretical that first year because I can't even remember uh, what I would have been saying, but it was crazy. But here's the thing I I noticed the most, right? Just when you conquer the sleep thing, okay? So it's like the kids are sleeping, your kids start doing this thing called dreaming, okay? And this gives them nightmares, right? Who knows what I'm talking about? So then what happens is they they know how to sleep, but there's a cruel twist in that they now get you up, not because they don't know how to sleep, but because they're being woken up by scary nightmares, right? And so we we pray over the house, we do all that kind of thing, but let me tell you, kids are still gonna have nightmares, right? And uh, my my son, Leo, he's, he's so cute on so many reasons. He's, he's chubby and it's an essential. <laughs> I wish it was still an essential when you were older, but I wish it was still cute. Um, but... He's chubby, he's he's got a little red head, and he's got this cute little accent. We don't know where he got it from, but he he kinda talks like this. Like he sa- he sounds like Sean Connery, but he's he's four. So he he'll he'll waddle up in the middle of the night when he's scared, and he'll come to the side of my bed and he'll say, he'll he'll kind of like poke me <laughs> like this and he'll go, Dad, I'm scared. And uh, I'm scared, Dad, I had a bad dream. And I mean, you gotta, you gotta muster up every ounce of humanity you have at that hour, which is not much. It's about that much. The fruit of the Spirit is about the size of a grape in me at that time of the night. Uh, but he's so cute, it kind of overrides. And what he does, he'll come into the bed and he'll kind of crawl in. And then uh, for some reason, sleeping next to me kind of calms him. But he doesn't just wanna sleep next to me, he wants to touch me, okay? So he'll put his hand on my head, he'll get his leg and put it on my bum. And he just, he wants to be absolutely aware, right, that I'm close to him. And he figured out so young, no one told him that, but he figured out from that age that in order for fear to be absent, his father has to be present. So he has this sense in him that to get rid of fear, I've got to get close to my father. And can I tell you, this is the same principle that God actually teaches us in the Scripture about our heavenly Father and His love for us. It says this in Romans 8, verse 15. It says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So it says, we did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Everyone say fear. Fear but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Everyone say, "Father." Father. So Romans is giving us the antidote to fear in our life. The antidote to fear, the fix for fear for every child of God in this world is to know that we have a Father. That no matter what the case is with our earthly Father, that we have a heavenly Father who loves us, who's with us and whose presence drives out fear in our life. We can say it like this, that when you know your heavenly Father is present, your fear will become absent. You say, how do I overcome fear? Well, the the key isn't to try and drive fear out. The, The key is to let love in. The key is to become aware of the presence of your heavenly Father because He promises that in His presence, there will be an absence of fear. And I love that this scripture, it says, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. Now, Abba is like an, an intimate word for father. It's not just father, you stoic man over there somewhere. It's a childlike word. You know, when, when Gabriel's first word, which I definitely indoctrinated him into, from the moment he was born, I said, da, 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 because I, I was very convinced that I'd be his first word. Uh, that was his first word, da, 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 da. And this word abba is like abba baba. It's a it's a, it's like the first word that a child would say to their father. And you got to understand that before Jesus came on the scene God was never thought of with this kind of closeness and this kind of intimacy. He was thought of as a King, as a Lord, as a Majesty, but never did they comprehend that He was intimate like a Father. So when Jesus introduced God, not just as God, but as Father, it was radical. We're used to reading and going, our Father who out in heaven. We're like, yep, okay, cool. That's all we've ever heard. But for the people hearing it, it was radical, right? No one had heard of God spoken like a father. He was the King. He was God. But they'd never heard of Him spoken of like that. Jesus was wanting to move people out of religion and into relationship. Why? Because when it's religion, it's God. But when it's relationship, it's Father. You know that you've moved from a religious view of God when you don't just see Him as your God, as your Saviour, as your Lord, but you know in your heart that He is even more than that. He is your Father. Your Father. Matthew speaks about it like this. In Matthew 6, 26, Jesus says, Look at the birds of the air for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly, what? Not God, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Jesus is wanting everybody who follows Him to catch a revelation of the Father's heart. He says, I know you've known Him as God, But I have come here, Jesus says, to announce to you today that you do not just have a Creator, you have a Father. And I want you to know Him, not in an off-distant, omnipresent, out-there kind of way, but up close as your personal Father who knows every hair on your head, (laughs) who loves you, who is for you, and who is with you. So Jesus wants us to catch the Father's heart and He also wants us to carry a father's burden. The title of my message today is Catch His Heart, Carry His Burden. Catch His Heart, Carry His Burden. You know, I'll never forget uh, when I was at school, I was very bad at sport. Is there any kind of unathletic people here who can relate to me? I, it's not that I didn't try it. It wasn't a lack of trying. It was just a pure lack of God-given ability, right? No, no matter how hard I tried, I sucked at basketball, soccer, football, everything. The only thing people would ever say is you got the legs for footy. I had the legs for footy, but nothing else. I couldn't get them to go in the right way. So I remember every sporting kind of PE class or whatever. Now, if you're a teacher here, please don't do this to students. It's absolute cruelty. They'd let the students pick for teams. Whoever had this happen? Okay, and what they do is they line everyone up, and one by one, as if to intentionally inflict childhood trauma, okay, they would call out the person they wanted on their team, okay, from the person they wanted the most to the person they wanted the least. And one by one, they would call out all the names, okay, and I'd get excited whenever I heard an S, they'd be like, Stephen. Sally, oh, you know, and, and I'd be left there and it's like me and, and someone who is even worse than me. And the only reason I ever felt good was just because I was second to last and not quite last, okay? It's, it's a horrible feeling being the last pick, right? There, there was a guy in the scripture and his name was King David, okay? And he, he had way worse trauma than being the last pick for a sporting team, okay? He was the last pick in life, When God, his father, saw him. Okay? The Bible says this in 1 Samuel 16, verses 10 to 11. I'll also read verse 12. It says, Jesse presented his seven sons to Samuel. So Samuel was coming, he was a prophet, and he had come to anoint the next king. Okay? He was on the lookout for king material. This was the ultimate sporting team pick that was happening. Okay? And he's looking for someone who looks like a king, sounds like a king, broad shoulders, stocky, athletic, ready to go, a leader type material. So he's looking for the top pick. And this is where we land in the story. It says, Jesse presented his seven sons to Samuel. Samuel was blunt with Jesse. God hasn't chosen any of these. Then he asked Jesse, is this it? Are there no more sons? Well, yes, his father said, there's the runt but he is out tending the sheep. Samuel ordered Jesse, go get him. We're not moving on from this spot until he's here. When he saw him in verse 12, God said, up on your feet, anoint him. This is the one. David went through something so hard as a teenager. His father forgot him. He forgot him. Think about this. Is this it? Are there no more sons, right? He's forgotten about him. And it's something that so many people go through in their childhood or in their youth years or even now is you feel forgotten by people that should remember you. Whether it's forgotten by family, friends or by God, when people forget us, we can often think that God has forgotten us too. That He doesn't see us, that He doesn't choose us, that He doesn't love us. But here's what I love about this Story was that even though David's earthly father forgot him, his heavenly father never did. He's never did. See, David's heavenly father spoke to the prophet Samuel and called David out from the field. Why? Because David had a heavenly Father who had a heart that would never forget him. And this is the heart that Jesus wants us to catch today. It's the Father's heart. The first thing I want you to know about the Father's heart today is the Father's heart will never forget you. Will never forget you. See, your parents might, your friends might, Teachers might have, people might have, but I came to tell you this morning that your heavenly Father will never forget you. He sees you, He knows you, He loves you, He is with you. And I've come to announce to you today, as Jesus did 2000 years ago, your Father's heart will never, ever forget you. The book of Isaiah 49, 15 says, can a woman forget her nursing child? that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb. Listen, even these may forget yet I will not forget you I want you to know today that you have a father who will never forget you who has never forgotten you from the moment you were born until this very moment you are not forgotten by him in fact you are in this place today hearing this message today because your father in heaven has arranged for you to know that you are not forgotten but no matter who left you no matter who walked away from you no matter who wasn't there when they should have been there you have a father today who will never forget you. Catch his heart, catch his heart. David grew up with a lot of hurt in his heart. He was called the runt, I don't know if you noticed, by his own father. 1 Samuel 16 says, well, yes, there's the runt. Imagine that, that's pretty rough. What's the runt? It's an animal that's small or stunted compared with others of its kind. It's the smallest or weakest of a litter. So David's own father called him the smallest, the stunted, the weakest, his own father. He was rejected because of his appearance. He didn't look like a king. He wasn't built like a king. No one who looked at him on the outside thought he was anything. But thank God that he doesn't look at us from the outside. Thank God that He doesn't look at us in human terms, but He looks on the inside to see the greatness that He Himself placed inside of you and He calls it out even when others miss it. Listen, 1 Samuel 16, 7, the Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. When David's earthly father rejected him, he discovered that his heavenly father had already accepted him. This is what you have to know today is that no matter what rejection you've walked through in life, you have a heavenly father who accepts you anyway, who has a higher word, a higher perspective and who loves you beyond, come on, any of those things that you've walked through. So the father's heart will never forget you. But the second thing I want you to know today is that the father's heart will never reject you. Will never reject you. God said in 1 Samuel 16:10, up on your feet, anoint him. This is the one. You might be here today and have felt rejected in your life, like you don't look the right way. You don't look smart, you don't look like a leader, a king, someone great. Maybe the job you're working isn't particularly special. Maybe you feel very much ordinary in what you're doing. Maybe externally, when you look at your life, you feel like you have been rejected because of what you can or cannot do. But David's heavenly father accepted who his earthly father rejected. And the same heavenly father who looked after David and called him out in obscurity from the field is calling you out today to know that you have a heavenly father, come on, who will never, <laughs> ever reject you. Will never reject you. And the third thing I want you to know today about the Father's heart is that the Father's heart will never abandon you. Will never abandon you. You know, while all of David's brothers were out with the prophet, (laughs) David was abandoned in the field. And God ordered Jesse through the prophet Samuel to go and get David. Why? Why? Because even though his earthly father abandoned him, his heavenly father would not. 1 Samuel 16, 10 to 11 says, Go get him. We're not moving from this spot until he is here. Can you imagine? The one that everyone had forgotten about and left in the field were now ordered to wait for his arrival. God was making a public spectacle of that abandonment and saying that even if family has abandoned you and friends have abandoned you and people have abandoned you, I will cause life to happen in such a way that there will be a moment that you will know that you were seen and not abandoned. You prepare a table for me, David said, in the presence of my enemies. God says, I will not abandon you. I will come to you. So often we think that our Father won't come to us, that we've done too many wrong things, we've hurt too many people, we're so caught up in shame, but I've come to tell you today, that's not how our Father works. He's not transactional, He's relational. He doesn't love you on the basis of what you have or have not done. He doesn't choose you on the basis of who you are and who you're hanging with and what you are or are not doing. He says no matter where you are, whether you're in the field or in a nightclub, whether you're on the street or in the church, I will not leave you, I will not abandon you, I will will call you, Cause people to wait for your arrival. we got to catch the Father's heart. But i got to tell you today, I have two prayers for my sermon. I have two prayers. The first is that you would personally catch the Father's heart today for you, for your life. But you would know your Father has a heart that never forgets you, rejects you or abandons you. But I have another prayer today for my sermon. And this is the scripture that I've been praying over this message this week from Malachi chapter four, verse six. This is my prayer for this sermon today. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children. See, today, I I don't want you just to catch the father's heart. I also want you to carry the father's burden Yeah, I've never seen this before, but have you ever thought about David, this great psalm writer who seemed to be so aware of the Father's love for him? He said, you're you're intimately acquainted of me. You know every hair on my head. This is too wonderful for me to take in. It's too wonderful for me to understand. How did David, who was rejected by his earthly father, get a revelation so big of His heavenly Father's love. How is it possible for someone who grew up with that kind of wounding to to break free and be so enamoured and sure of God's love for him? It was David who said, you knit me together in my mother's womb. You made me so perfectly. He looked at himself and said, I'm marvellously made in your eyes. How did he go from hearing he was the runt, he was abandoned and rejected and forgotten about to writing psalms about how wonderful God had made him? How did that happen? It happened in this moment. This moment right here. Young David caught the father's laugh because older Samuel carried the father's burden and showed the father's love to Samuel in that moment and it changed his life. See, it was through Samuel that he knew he had a father who would never forget him because Samuel spoke it into his life. It was through Samuel, he knew he had a father who would never reject him because through Samuel, God spoke to that rejection and brought him in. It was through Samuel, he knew he had a father who would never abandon him because although he was abandoned, Samuel carried the father's burden and called him out of that abandonment and showed him love. Listen, when you know the father's heart, when you catch the Father's heart, you will also carry the Father's burden. You'll carry the Father's burden. What's the Father's burden? The Father's burden is for the next generation. Samuel, who had caught the love of God, carried that burden that enabled David to catch the father's love. See, we need fathers and mothers who have his burden to love and father and mother the next generation. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm talking about your biological kids. You ought to love them. You ought to father and mother them if you've got them. But I wanna talk today about our spiritual children about the next generation that is rising up in Nova Church right now. See, they need a Samuel generation to rise up and not just catch the Father's heart, but to carry the Father's burden and be a vessel through which, come on, they are loved, they are spoken to, and they are assured of His love for them. My prayer for our church is that we would not just catch His heart, but we would carry His burden. Because there are Davids out in the field waiting for Samuels to show them the love of God. The way you love the next generation can free them to such a degree that they could be, go from being a runt in the field to a Psalmist who is so aware of God's love for them despite every reason not to. I am convinced that we will not just be a church that catches his heart that we will be a church who carries His burden for the next generation and calls them out of fear, forgetfulness, abandonment and rejection, loves them and raises them up, come on into everything that God is calling them to be. The next generation will only catch the Father's heart when the church rises up to carry the Father's burden. How do young people know that their heavenly Father will never forget them when the church rises up with the Father's burden to not forget the next generation? How will young people know their heavenly Father will never reject them when the church rises up with the Father's burden to never reject them no matter what they look like, no matter what they walk through, no matter where they are at in their life? how will young people know their heavenly Father will never abandon them when the church rises up with the Father's heart to not abandon the next generation, but to love them, to care for them, to raise them because we haven't just caught His heart. Come on, we're carrying His burden for the next generation. So my prayer today, church, is that yes, you would catch the Father's heart for you, that you would be reminded of how much He loves you, of where you find yourself today, in the middle of His love. But my greater prayer above anything is that we would leave this place more resolved than ever as a church to carry His heart and His burden to disciple the next generation that the Davids of this world, come on, will know that no matter what they've walked through, there's a Father who never forgets them. Never rejects them and never abandons them. Thanks for joining us on the Nova Church podcast. We hope this message impacted you in a powerful way. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe or you can head to NovaChurch.com for more.